What I have really learned from being part of the community is that you can have a few core ideas, but be open to really shifting the, the angle or the perspective on them. Hey friends, I'm Gloria Chow, small business PR expert, award-winning pitch writer, and your unofficial hype woman. Nothing makes me happier than seeing people get the recognition they deserve. And that starts with feeling more confident to go bigger with your message. So on this podcast, I will share with you the untraditional yet proven strategies for PR, marketing, and creating more opportunity in your business. If you are ready to take control of your narrative and be your most unapologetic and confident self, you're in the right place. This is the Small Business PR Podcast. So excited to have today a strategic communications advisor. She is helping quiet leaders speak up in a world of loud talkers. So if you've ever found it difficult to speak up, or maybe you find yourself a little bit more on the introverted side, this episode is for you. Madeline Schwartz is an incredible mission-driven entrepreneur helping other founders, and she is a member of our PR starter pack. So welcome to the show. Thank you. It's so nice to be here, Gloria. Yay. And we're both in Brooklyn, so it's awesome. Brooklyn in the house. Yes. So I love what you said about um, the fact that you're you're helping quiet leaders speak up. So can you tell me a little bit more about why it's so important for introverts to practice speaking, especially when it comes to speaking to the media? Because that could sound scary, not only to introverts, but also to extroverts. Yeah. Well, I think there are a few things in that question. And the first is for introverts, I think media is such a powerful way to get eyes on their business, get their message out to a a larger audience because it doesn't depend on being the loudest talker or the first to jump in. If you think about the common dynamics that happen in meetings where introverts might get uh, spoken over or interrupted because they're not the loudest. So it is this incredibly powerful way to reach more people and share your message. And the reason I think it's so important to practice is if speaking in public, speaking on the fly makes you nervous, which it does for introverts and extroverts. (laughs) I don't want to target one group here. The more you practice, the more you get used to articulating the words out loud, the easier it gets to do it. That's so awesome. I mean, you've been on so many different things now. So how has pitching and speaking to media impacted your business and more importantly, your confidence or your sense of self or maybe the story about like who you think you are in the world? Yeah, pitching has been a great practice in resiliency building and getting comfortable with putting myself out there and being rejected and continuing to put myself out there. It's also been a great opportunity to reach more people. So for instance, Introvert Deer has huge, huge readership on their blog and just saw an immediate bump in subscribers to my mailing list when I had an article published there. Um, And the more you talk about your ideas, the, the better you get at explaining them to other people. And that's why I think it's so helpful to get any practice. And, you know, the other thing that's really changed for me is I've gotten a lot braver about raising my hand for opportunities, even before I knew a lot about them or whether or not I was the perfect fit. And I think previously I would have researched something ad nauseum before I would put my my name in in the hat 
And now, you know, when I've seen things, I just raise my hand and volunteer. And I figure you can always back out if you decide it's not a good fit for you. But if the opportunity passes by and they go with someone else because you never put your name in the hat, then you've missed out on valuable opportunities to get your business seen. Yeah. And also connect with, with people who resonate with your message, who are like, finally, there's someone like Madeline out there who's sharing a story I truly resonate with. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's been a great way to meet more people to just say yes to possibilities and things that I see come up. So for instance, someone had tagged me on LinkedIn when there was, um, an, an editor at the Rosie Report looking for article submissions. So someone tagged me because they thought my my message was on point. And I said, sure, let's do it before I had researched anything about the publication. Yeah, I love it. I, the metaphor or the imagery that, that comes to mind when you said about just pitching yourself even before you're ready, it's kind of like planting a garden. I'm awful at keeping plants alive, but I can imagine that not everything will sprout. Not every plant will be perfect. But if you plant enough seeds soon, you're going to have a flourishing cultivated garden. Whereas the person next door who's still looking and not sure, they're still not even, they don't even have their first plant. So I'm so glad that you worked on the mindset part because for so many people listening, it's not about the tactical strategies. Like we know how to pitch. Like we, there is a framework that, you know, whether it's my method or whoever's method, it's really the mindset of being like, I don't really know so much about this topic, but I think I got a few things to say. So can you touch a, a little bit about how you were able to get yourself to that point where maybe you saw something on Haro or maybe you saw something that you wanted to pitch and it wasn't in your direct wheelhouse, but you're like, you know what? I'm just going to pitch myself anyway. Yeah. I I love that analogy that you used about the garden because I actually am a gardener and I grew up on a farm. And so absolutely, if you don't plant any seeds, you definitely don't get any vegetables or or flowers. Um, and as far as taking a risk and pitching to something that maybe wasn't exactly relevant, I saw uh, one request on on Haro and it was about things to not say at a holiday party. And I wrote back and pitched things you shouldn't say to the introverts at a holiday party. And it was a completely different take on it. And it did get published on, you know, some blog. And that got a, a lot of attention when I reposted it on LinkedIn. And the writer really appreciated that it was such a different perspective that she wasn't thinking about when you think of the normal holiday party faux pas. Yeah, I, I love how when you overcome that mindset, the whole world is is your oyster, you know. Um, you have so many opportunities now where you're like, I'm going to do this and maybe I'll do speaking and then maybe I'll apply for some awards. And let's be honest, like you deserve to be in all of the all of the rooms. We deserve all of us to be invited to any table. So it's about us believing that. So let's get down to the actual pitching. Can you tell us a little bit about what worked for you in terms of pitching and follow-up? Because it's really scary for a lot of founders to just press that send button. I've worked with founders with like five decades of experience and they still, they still question themselves and think that they're not ready to pitch. Yeah. So what worked for me was doing it in batches. And so not sending one at a time, which I know is something that you really talk about in the PR starter pack, but it, I think it's easy to send out one and then wait and see what happens before you send out any more. 
And what I have found both in pitching and in business development is that the more I send out at once, you just build on your own momentum. And then instead of sitting around waiting for that one person to write you back, you've just infinitely expanded the, the options and the opportunities and you have more plates spinning and you're more likely to hear from other people. So if I'm sending out one, I definitely wanna send it to five at a time or, or more. Um, so that's one thing that really, it, that, that was helpful that I took away from, from your advice. The other thing too was that, like I pitched, I decided I wanted to write for Introvert Dear, that that was a perfect place to meet my people. And I spent a long time writing an article because they had a minimum word count that was a bit longer than my normal word count. So I just spent a long time really trying to perfect this article. I had researched their site. It seemed so on point. And when I heard back from them, and I didn't hear back immediately, like I followed up within the time frame that they said to follow up on. I and they wrote back and they rejected it. And they said, oh, we actually, we we find our readers don't don't really aren't that interested in this in this topic. And what the, what was surprising for me is I had seen other things on their website on this topic. So I thought it was a sure thing because I was bringing a new perspective to the topic. But they said, no, nope, not interested in that. They weren't interested in any of the other article ideas that I had pitched either because I had pitched myself as a regular contributor and submitted a few different ideas at a time. And I found this really disappointing or, or crushing, if I'm honest, and it took a little bit of time to get over it. But eventually I decided, okay, I spent all of this time writing an article. I know this content, this piece, my point of view is valuable. So I re I rewrote it, I cut it in half, and I submitted it to Forbes instead and got it published in Forbes Women. And so, you know, I repurposed the content. And then over the summer, I got an idea for another piece that seemed relevant to Introvert Dear. It was something that I wrote for my blog, and it was about how communication is like swimming. And it's the perfect way for introverts to dip their toes into the water. So I pitched this entirely new idea to Introvert Dear, and they bit on that one. They were like, great, we would love to publish that. And so for me, it was really a, a practice in moving on after rejection in not being too embarrassed to go back to the editor at Introvert Dear, even though it was months later that I pitched something else, but to just realize they're not sitting around being mad that I didn't write them back immediately. And they're still really delighted to get great content for their website. What, what is a hack that you can give? Just continuing to refine refine ideas and that like one thing like I came up with an entirely new idea when I came to the mastermind call mm. last week based on listening to other people and so connecting with other people in the community is a place that I have gotten new ideas to pitch 
That's amazing. I love that. I mean, power and community. I mean, that's what we're all here for is, is really co-creation, you know? So I want to talk a little bit more about your method because I know not only have you had so much success pitching, but you also have your own strategies that's worked for a lot of people in terms of communicating in public. So can you talk a little bit about how introverts or maybe people who are not used to speaking up, um, how they can do that? I know you, you said something about a puzzle and your framework. So please do share that. Sure. Yeah, I like to think of presentations like doing a jigsaw puzzle. And early on in the pandemic, the first time I did a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle with my at the time six year old, we dumped out all of the pieces on the table and he just started picking out particular colors and patterns that were in the middle of the puzzle. And if you've ever done a puzzle of that size, that is not the most efficient way to go about it. And so I immediately taught him my puzzle strategy. And you can use this same strategy for building out your presentations or your point of view and your talking points when you are speaking to the media or going on a podcast, for instance. And that is to first start with the framework. So when you have a thousand piece pieces all just scattered about on the table, it's so much easier and faster if you first find all of the border pieces. So you sort those out and you build the border first. And so that's your point of view. And that's where you should decide at the very beginning, what is the main message that you want to get across in this presentation or in this speaking opportunity. And once you do that, then you can create your outline. And so going back to the puzzle, that's where you would actually start sorting your pieces and those details of a presentation by color and pattern and section. And so you organize them so that you can create a logical roadmap for your audience. And once you have that framework and your outline all established, then you start filling in the stories, the data and the details of your presentation. And all of that, having a strategy and going in this order makes it so much simpler to decide what you want to say and create an experience that will really bring your audience along. Oh, I love that. I love a visualization. So can you give us an example of a topic and how you're able to use this framework to kind of round out all the different borders and pieces? Yeah. Well, so for instance, thinking about our topic today, talking about how publicity is great for introverts, what I want people to take away is that public speaking and media appearances or, or being published in the media is a great way for introverts to get visibility on their business. And then, you know, once we know that that's the, the topic and the message that I want people to share, then I can share specific things from my own experience or working with clients that helps create that, that story for other other people in your audience who might be in the same situation wondering, is this relevant for me? Oh, I love that so much. Now, obviously, what so you know, I have my CPR method, would you say that this works in longer form format for like a speech, for example, where it's like a little mm -hmm. bit longer? Or do you also use the same one for like, let's say an email or a podcast pitch? Yeah. So that's a good question. I definitely developed this thinking more about speeches and having to create longer form 
content. However, it it also works perfectly for a podcast. And especially for anyone who might be nervous the first or the second or the 10th time that you are going to be interviewed on a podcast, doing a little bit of planning in advance makes it so much easier to then find the words and get your message across when you are live and unscripted talking to someone new. Yeah, I love that. You know what? I think I'm going to try that for my next episode is figure out what the border pieces are and then the main pieces and then kind of in each one, talk about the stories or examples. I think we all have so much to say. All the tools and wisdom are within us. It's about just structuring it in a way that makes it easy to actually like take action. So thank you so much for giving that to us. Is there anything else that you can share with us in terms of um, what you've learned about pitching yourself or speaking on podcasts or working with journalists? Yeah. You know, what I have really learned from being part of the community is that you can have a few core ideas, but be open to really shifting the, the angle or the perspective on them based on the, the time of year or what's happening in the news or getting ideas from other people. So for instance, last week, you had a mastermind call for the community and I came up with an entirely new pitch based on hearing other people speak at that event and their success getting media. And, you know, it's the same general topics that I like to talk about, which are communication and leadership and team communication and communicating with introverts. But it just gave me a new idea based on hearing someone else. Ooh, I love to hear that, Madeline. I had no idea that all this was going on in the background. I love it. So what are you, now that you've mastered the art of the pitch, you have your own, you have so many media features, podcasts, you're, you're not um, afraid to speak up. What are your goals for this year now that you have all the tools and skills that you can kind of draw upon? Yeah, my goals for this year are to, one, um, speak on more podcasts now that I have a bunch under my belt to continue pitching to podcasts and reach more women in business, both entrepreneurs and in the corporate world who are rising leaders or in positions of leadership and want to be more effective communicators. And then the second thing is to continue um, pitching my writing and, and to get featured in the media about making communication more inclusive of introverts and uh, making team team communication more collaborative and creative. And so for instance, one of the ideas that I am gonna pitch, and this is what came out of the mastermind call last week, is why companies should be flocking to hire parents in the current talent world. Ooh, that's so good. That's like ding, ding, ding. That's the relevant part of CPR, right? It's the great resignation and then finding talent in this scarce market. I love that so much. One question that I had, now, obviously, you know about follow-up. It's so important. Subject lines, um, all the things. But what about data and using data points? Did you ever use a survey? Did you use third-party data to make your pitch a little bit more convincing to validate the idea? Yeah, I have definitely used third-party data. So if I have seen an article published in Harvard Business Review or in a major media outlet and I have something else to say about it, I will reference that article um, or publication and then pitch the topic because it's obviously relevant if those major publications are are talking about it. 
So you're saying that, you know, you, you, you lower the bar here. We don't need to do our own surveys. If we can't, we can reference like a, I don't know, like a Harvard Business Review or like a PwC or like a McKinsey report. Is that kind of? Yeah, I have definitely referenced all of those. And, And I don't see a problem with that at all, because it's it's a matter of taking relevant research that is available in the public and then adding your point of view to it and and where you can provide additional helpful content, because not everyone is going to go read those 20 or 40 page McKinsey reports. Yeah, I love that. So obviously you put that, you know, in terms of the CPR method, you would maybe, would you put that kind of in the beginning of the, the pitch, like the beginning paragraph, like this is what's happening? Yes, and- I have definitely opened pitches referencing McKinsey reports. Okay, I, I love that. Now in terms of the length of the pitch, how many sentences do you use? Bullet points, attachments, what does it look like? I always use bullet points. I don't include any attachments. Um, per your directions and just playing with how concise it can be and being concise is is one of the things that I teach people and so definitely in a pitch it's important to me to have it be organized and concise and easy for people to skim through it and see points one two three Yeah, no, that's so good. It's about respecting the other person's time. And I say this all the time that it takes more work, skill and expertise to really sharpen your message and get it down to a concise thing, right? We've all heard the saying, I didn't have time to send you a short email. So I sent you a long one. So it's it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. So I, I love that so much. What about using predictions? Have you ever used that in your pitch? I haven't used predictions. But yeah, now that you mention it, I feel like I'm that that might spur some new ideas. So that's hey. awesome. What about the closing sentence? I think a lot of uh, people who are pitching, they're they don't understand, they don't know like the tone or the energy of how you should like close the email. A lot of people think they're being too pushy if they're asking for to be featured. So how do you close the the email? I close, and I don't necessarily think I have this down to a science, um, but. Just closing with, I'd love to be a resource to your readers or your community. So really in the spirit of helping. And I'd say that's another big thing that's really changed for me in terms of mindset around pitching. And just to share a quick story, I was talking to a friend of mine who works at Elevate Network, and we were were just generally catching up. But she asked what I was working on, and I shared that I was writing an article and working on this new framework around networking. And she commented and said, oh, yeah, that is absolutely a problem I have. I'm just starting to network in person again, and it's so awkward, and I feel so uncomfortable. And I said, oh, I would love to talk about it on the podcast if you think that would be a valuable topic for your community. And it was really the first time that I saw an an opportunity in the light of how you talk about it as we are being helpful when we're pitching as opposed to we are being salesy when we are pitching. Because I offered that purely out of service. And I think previously I might have been in that mindset of thinking people were doing me a favor as opposed to me being of of service. And so that was the thing that just switched it for me when she was like, Oh, yeah, that would be great. We'd love to have you on the podcast. 
Woo! Mic drop moment for anyone that's multitasking. I hope you're listening to this because this is so good, right? It's like, like we all say, our perception really dictates our reality. So if it's this like begging, I don't think I'm going to get the feature. Maybe I'll get lucky. I have to trick the journalist. You're not going to get the feature. But if you know that you might be bootstrapping, maybe your website is not where it needs to be, but you have a mission, you have made impact. You just simply want to share that. That is the energy that's going to um, be the driving force of the interaction with the journalist. So, you know, I've worked with so many people and now you've pitched so many times. It's really about what you believe is possible, right? So um, thank you so much for sharing that. It's about how can you be a solution for someone? It doesn't mean that you are giving someone groundbreaking new story, new cancer research. Like it, it's, it's a topic that people have already talked about. It's not about reinventing the wheel, but maybe drawing connections to bring more people into the conversation. Or like you said, citing a data point, bring a new perspective to get the conversation going. So thank you so much for sharing that. All right. You've shared with us so many gems. I love that you have your unique approach, which is a lot of times we, we are in a world of a lot of loud talkers, people who take up a lot of energy and you're saying, no, there are so many opportunities for people who maybe are not that way to get featured in mainstream media, to get visibility, to get publicity, all these things that we associate with a certain type of characteristic. So I love that you are creating space and elevating these people. Thank you for that. And also, how can people find you, get into your world, learn more about your framework and strategies? Yeah. So the best ways to get in touch with me are on LinkedIn, Madeline Schwartz, or on my website, MadelineSchwartzCoaching.com. And for anyone who's just getting started speaking on podcasts or preparing to speak in public for the first time, you can find a resource on my website, Four Steps to Get Clear on Your Message. And this will help you get clear articulating your message, whether you have five minutes or five hours to prepare. So go download that and it will help you build your confidence and your clarity when you are getting started speaking in public. Ooh, so good. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm going to go and download that right now. Hey, small business hero. Did you know that you can get featured for free on outlets like Forbes, the New York Times, Marie Claire, Pop Sugar, and so many more, even if you're not yet launched or if you don't have any connections? That's right. That's why I invite you to watch my PR Secrets Masterclass where I reveal the exact methods thousands of bootstrapping small businesses use to hack their own PR and go from unknown to being a credible and sought after industry expert. Now, if you want to land your first press feature, get on a podcast, secure a VIP speaking gig, or just reach out to that very intimidating editor, this class will show you exactly how to do it. Register now at gloriachowpr.com slash masterclass. That's gloriachowchou pr.com slash masterclass so you can get featured in 30 days without spending a penny on ads or agencies. Best of all, this is completely free. So get in there and let's get you featured.